Welcome to the Defender Bible Study, a weekly encouragement to equip the body of Christ through the study of Scripture and prayer to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children around the world. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, where we believe that defending the fatherless begins by being rooted in God's Word. It's Monday, December 16th, 2019, and my name is Blake Wilson, Vice President of Operations at Lifeline Children's Services. And today we are continuing our study in the book of 1 John. We're going to be in chapter 2, looking at verses 3 through 17. Um, this is our third week going through the book of 1 John. I'm just excited to, to dive in a little bit today and look at what it means to actually model the love of Christ. In this passage, we're going to really look at how um, Christ displayed His love um, to others while He was in His earthly ministry on earth. So let's look at 1 John chapter 2, look at verses 3 through 6. It says, We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if one obeys the word, and the love for God is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. So we can think back through the New Testament and what did Jesus do when he was on earth? How did he live? And I think we can look back numerous examples of how he interacted with what we would probably consider the least of these. Um, Maybe the outcast, the hurting, the disease-ridden, Whatever it may be, Jesus was modeling this love for us. And he was with others who were completely different um, from him. So verse 6 is, Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. How are we being intentional in reaching out to others? And how are we modeling the love of Christ? So look in verse number 7. It says, Dear friends, I am not writing, writing you a new command but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard, yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and in you, because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Well, this old command that John is referencing here is found in Leviticus 19.18. And this is the commandment that we all know is, Love your neighbor as yourself. But what is he talking about when he says this new command? This new command, I'm telling you. Well, you see, this was the this was the first time that this was truly modeled um, on earth um, when it comes to modeling the love for others. We could, we read the um, Old Testament in Leviticus of love your neighbor as yourself. So it wasn't the first time it was commanded, but it was the first time that it was modeled. You can think about maybe um, learning to do a new new task or a new trade or a new skill. You know, often you can read about it, you can watch a video about it, but until you actually um, see it modeled in real life, it's a lot more difficult to do. Um, when you see it in front of your face with your own eyes, isn't it a lot easier to learn to do something when it is truly modeled for you? Well, you see, Christ was on earth and modeling what it looked like to love others. Um, so this is what he's referring to in this new commandment. You know, in John references this again in, in the book of John. In chapter 13, he says, in verse 34 and 35, a new commandment I give to you, 
that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. You know, it's not a new commandment. He says, I want you to love others just as I have loved you. You know, is that is that a reflection of who we are? And that's a question that I even ask myself this morning. Um, am I modeling the love of Christ? Just as Christ has loved me, am I loving others? Am I loving my family, my wife, my children, my colleagues? Um, is that displayed in my life? The, the, other, the other piece of this, I think, is, is the reverse. Um, it's asking, um, there in verses 9, um, nine through um, 11, um, what does this look like from the hatred side? So the opposite of love, hate. How is hatred impeding um, our spiritual growth? So look there in verse number 9. It says, Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother or sister is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light, and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. You know, I think hatred will halt what the Lord is wanting to do in our life. The hatred is going to halt the Lord working in our life. And I think this is kind of, you know, when you look at hatred, to me, you can kind of break it down into two Two areas. The first is when somebody has wronged us or somebody has sinned, sinned, sinned toward us or against us. But I think the other other one would just be um, a prejudice that we may have just because somebody is different. So first, somebody's wronged you, and second, maybe a prejudice just because somebody is different. Um, you know, and one of the things that that I love is the way the scripture really tells you how to handle this. Um, this reconciliation when you have a conflict with somebody. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 15, it talks about if, if your brother sins against you. And it says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. You know, when there when there is um, when there's bitterness, when there is hatred um, in your heart, that can really take root and that can begin to fester and begin to grow um, and, and ultimately become something bigger than what it should be because we're not intentional in seeking reconciliation with others. You know, the scripture tells us here in Matthew chapter 18 is to be intentional in finding this reconciliation. Go to that brother directly. Go to that person um, and have a conversation and seek reconciliation. The other piece of this is is kind of a what I would call like a, a prejudice. Um, just because somebody is doing something that um, we think should be done different, um, doing something that uh, that we would say is wrong, and it's not wrong. It's just different. You know, it's it's a prejudice that we have. I think that ultimately can um, create hatred among other believers. It could just be a selection of of something that is uh, is is unique. And that we disagree with. So therefore, instead of seeking love or displaying the love of Christ, we let hatred um, take root in our life, and then we ultimately are in the dark. So um, that prejudice, I think, is something that we cannot overlook. The, the third thing I want us to point out here is, is our love for others should grow the longer that we serve Him. You know, verses 12 through 14 is really an outline, what I would just call like a spiritual or a Christian pilgrimage um, and how they they build 
on one another. Um, verse number 12 says, I am writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I'm writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him from the beginning. And I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. So you can see um, the reasons that he is writing is to encourage them to display the love of Christ throughout the spiritual journey that we have. So children, if you found forgiveness, you think about a young believer, somebody who's new um, to the faith, a lot of questions, but ultimately they have found salvation in Christ. And as they grow, um, they're, they're going to face battles. They're going to be questioned. Why do you believe what you believe? You know, they're going to be tempted. What does that look like? How do they defend their faith? Um, so that spiritual pilgrimage of growth. And then ultimately, you know, he says, um, I write to you fathers because you know him from the beginning. You know, you're reminded of the goodness of God the older you get. How the how the Lord has never left you, how the Lord has has stretched you, but how the Lord has never abandoned you. You know, those mature believers who know him deeply and are passing on that wisdom to younger believers. So this this spirit this uh, kind of this Christian pilgrimage of growth um, as people uh, grow in their faith, but ultimately how love is a common thread through there. How are the how are we seeing the love of Christ displayed? From, um, from phase to phase to phase. You know, there's this big element of distraction that we see toward the end, um, and, it, and it's ultimately when we can settle for um, what, the, what these temporary pleasures are or what the world has to offer, and we overlook the hope that we have in the gospel and the hope of eternity with Christ. Um, so we see John wrapping up this, this section of chapter 2 in verses 15 through 17. And it's just a reminder to not get distracted. And I think it's a reminder that we need today in our world because everything is an element of distraction. We are constantly being fed information um, through media. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's just the, maybe it's the news. Maybe it's the radio. Whatever it may be, there's constant distraction and constant messaging um, that we are trying to process. And it's easy to say, yes, I need to. I, I want to love the world. I want to love what is in front of me. But he's reminding us here to not get distracted. It says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away but whoever does the will of God lives forever. We must not get distracted on the things of this earth. We must not get distracted of those things that are fighting for our attention. Let us focus on God. Let us focus on eternity and not get distracted by these temporary pleasures. You know, there's a verse in 1 Timothy chapter 6 that the Lord really used to, um, to shape me as a young believer, and it says in 1 Timothy 6, 17, it says, Command those who are rich in the present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. You know, I remember seeking um, satisfaction as, as, a, as a young man and trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. Where was I going to work? What was I going to do? Where was I going to live? 
um, and trying to find satisfaction in the things of this world. But I love the way it's worded in First Timothy. It says, "It says, don't put your hope in the world, um, not to be arrogant, nor to put your hope in wealth. Here's the key, which is so uncertain. We can try to put our hope in wealth, but in the blink of an eye, it can be gone, and we will be disappointed. But it says, put it in God. Put your hope in God who richly provides you with everything for your enjoyment. You know, when we find satisfaction in Christ is when we find true joy. The joy of our soul because we're satisfied in the hope of Christ and the true um, love that Christ is, is modeling for us. So how are we modeling the love of Christ? Um, do we have a, a seed of bitterness in our heart or hatred in our heart that is keeping us from being who the Lord wants us to be? You know, do we need to have a tough conversation with somebody um, to find that reconciliation? You know, are, um, is our love for others growing? You know, chat, look at your own, your own walk. You know, are you, are you different from the first time um, when, you, when you first committed your heart to Christ? You know, are you growing? Are you challenged? Are you passing that on um, to your to your children and to to others in your circle? Are you sharing the love of Christ with those? And then then have you you know have you been distracted? Are you distracted by the things in front of your face? Are you distracted by worldly pleasures? Um, and we're losing sight of the hope of the gospel. You know, let's use this week as we start out to um, to get grounded, to put our focus on Christ on what is most important um, to where we can fulfill what he has called us to do, to love others just as he has loved us. So thanks for joining the Defender podcast today. This week we're going to be praying for the country of Togo. Um, you know, there's a lot of spiritual warfare in Togo. So we want to pray specifically for the voodoo spirit would be torn down with the truth of Christ. And, and pray for the church that would just rise up and engage in orphan care um, just with you know, with with the skills abilities that they have there, um, and how the Lord has uniquely gifted the believers in Togo, let's pray that they would rise up and engage in orphan care with just the way that the Lord has shaped the believers in the church there, and then also that the that us like as the church in the United States, how can we support those um, those pastors and those those churches there in Togo, um, and how can we be supportive of those efforts. We also want to pray um, for uh, the leaders there, just that the leaders would rise up um, there and, and that the leaders would um, really take seriously the, the, um, the importance um, of the role that the Lord has given them um, in that country. So um, there are a lot, of, uh, a lot of opportunities to get engaged with the country of Togo. Um, you know, that we take numerous trips there every year. Um, so there's a great way uh, to get engaged with our unadopted team um, as well. So just a great, great opportunity with the country of Togo. So let's pray for that. And then just, you know, just within the life of our ministry, there's a lot going on. I just want to celebrate, um, you know, what, what the Lord is doing through our ministry, especially our pregnancy counseling ministry. We've got um, two um, expectant moms that... Uh, that we're serving, that we just want to pray for um, today, who have who have chosen to make uh, adoption plans for their little ones, and let's just let's just pray for their hearts. You know, the Lord has just given us such a tremendous staff, um, 
And we just want to pray that the Lord will use our pregnancy counselors just to speak encouragement um, to these to these women um, who have made this decision. Uh, and over the next few weeks and months and years, that the gospel will just be evident um, as we as we serve them. I think we just we also want to just pray for this little girl we're advocating for. Her name is Emma. Um, we just want to pray for Emma um, from the from. Uh, Latin America, just a little two-year-old that we're advocating for, and we just want to lift her up and and uh, encourage you guys as listeners to visit our waiting child page at lifelinechild.org um, to get more information about her. But just praying that the Lord will um, will bring a family forward um, to bring permanency to little Emma and just share Christ with her. So as we close, let's pray. God, today we just. Um, Lord, we just pray for uh, the church in Togo. And Lord, we pray that, um, Lord, just any any walls of um, spiritual warfare will be torn down, that your truth and your gospel will go forward in this country. God, we pray for the church there and the church here to deepen a partnership. We pray that we will see continued growth in our um, opportunity to serve there, but God, may we continue to see the fruit of your gospel going for, forward. God, we pray for our unadopted team as they travel, um, for those volunteers who are on those trips. But God, we pray for those, those, um, those believers in the country of Togo to be able to um, understand uh, clearly how you have placed them in this country for this time. Lord, may they be intentional in sharing the gospel. Lord, may they be um, intentional in discipling um, the children from these camps that we are doing there. God, we, may you just be with the country of Togo. Lord, we're grateful for um, the opportunity to serve. And God, may we not take that for granted. God, we also want to pray for, um, Lord, these, these birth moms who have um, made the choice um, to place their children for adoption. Lord, what a selfless decision these young women have made. And God, we, um, Lord, we pray for peace and for comfort and for our pregnancy counselors just to, as we've read today, to model the love of Christ as they serve them. May these young women see Christ through these pregnancy counselors as they invest in them in this week and in the following months and years. And God, may we see um, Lord, just intentional discipleship and, and uh, love just take root in their in their hearts. And God, we also want to pray for little Emma and for um, for her country and um, for a family just to come forward. Lord, what a beautiful, um, joyous little girl you have created. And Lord, we know that you have a plan for her. And God, we just pray that as a ministry. Lord, we can be used by you to find permanency for this little one. Lord, not just a family, but God, a family that will intentionally disciple her and stretch her to grow in the gospel to where she understands the hope that comes through you and you alone. So God, be with little Emma, be with our staff um, as we advocate for her, God, and we celebrate in advance the work that you're going to do in her life in the years to come. And we ask these things in your name. Amen. 
Thanks again for joining us for the Defender Bible Study. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Bible Study to make it easier for more people to find. For more resources and information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, please visit us at lifelinechild.org. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. We look forward to seeing you again next week for the Defender Bible Study.